Welcome to the Get in the Fight podcast. My name is Nate Whitson, and I'm the founder of Get in the Fight Ministries and our exclusive online fight club for Christian men. Everything we do here is dedicated to helping Christian men become the men that God meant for them to be. So if you're looking for helpful content and conversations that can help you to grow and become the man that God made you to be, then you're in the right place. But before we get started, please do me a huge favor and be sure to subscribe, click the like button, and then leave us a five-star review. Doing that helps us to reach more men who are looking for content just like this. Also, if you'd like to learn more about our mission and how to get involved or how to join the Fight Club, then head on over to getinthefight.club. That's getinthefight.club and learn more today. But without further ado, it's time to get in the fight. So let's go. The mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation, and it seems nothing has changed. As the line from Braveheart has also said, all men die, but few men ever really live. Today, we're going to deal with a question that I think is the question that every man deals with. We're going to look at three things that happen in the life of a man that cause us to question this so greatly, so deeply. And and I don't even think most of us understand that this is even the question we're trying to answer. But I hope to make that case today that this is the question of a man's life. This is the thing that for most men, and again, maybe not every man, but I bet for most men that we really wrestle with this question. And so it has profound effects on the lives that we live. And so we're going to look at three big reasons why we ask this big question. And then we're going to look at two options for how we might deal with it. The big question that we're going to talk about today is this. Do I have what it takes? Do I have what it takes? That's the question. And one of the things that I think is most surprising in studying this and getting ready for this podcast and this conversation, and even just wrestling with this in my own life and in my own mind is the answer is very surprising. The answer to the question is no. And so spoiler alert, (laughs) the big question that we ask is, do we have what it takes? And the answer is no. And we'll look at that a little bit closer here. But I want to tell you a story about a friend of mine named Andy Average. Andy Average is a guy who's just a nice guy. I bet you know Andy Average maybe too. He's a nice guy with a nice home. He has a nice family and drives a nice car. When you meet him at church, he says everything is fine and everything's going great. He's got a smile on his face. He pays his bills. He's in a small group. He loves sports right? Like maybe you know somebody just like my friend Andy. The problem that Andy has and that maybe so many other men have that maybe even you have today is that inside of his heart, inside of his mind and his life, there is a a wrestling. There is something missing and he knows it. You see, Andy, like so many of us, have settled for status quo. We've settled for average fine, okay. When you meet him, that's what he says. And yet inside of his life, whether he vocalizes it or explains it or shares it openly, there's a wrestling, there's a tugging at his heart. There's something that's missing and he knows it. And, And the effects of this are great because Andy is going to have a lesser impact than he wishes he would have on his own life, on his children's life, maybe 
in his ministry. See, Andy had the potential in Christ to live such a, a different kind of life, and yet because he settled for status quo, because he went for okay, and he chose not to push past that, Andy's impact in this world and his consequences in the future, even though he might be saved, are going to be great. And this is why this is so critical to us today. There are a lot of Andys in the world who are nice guys. They're doing fine. They've got good marriages and something's missing. Like there's something profoundly missing in his heart and in his mind. He doesn't maybe even know that the question that he's wrestling with is, do I have what it takes to go past this? He's just thinking, this is how life goes. So a lot of friends of my center of influence who are my age in their mid-40s, you start to hear people say, that's just the way it goes at this stage of life. You just think, well, if I'm middle age or older, then this is just how life is. And so we take those messages deep in our heart and we just say, God knows how I made. I'm just going to try to make it through. But you know, if you're 20, 25, 30 even maybe, you don't feel that way, hopefully. You're, you're still energized by the future. You still think, man, as bad as the world is, I want to be a, an important piece of that. I want to I play an important part. I want to do daring things. I want to take on new things. But something I think slowly happens to us, this time creep happens to us, where we really start to fade out of that desire to want to be great, to want to achieve big things, to really be engaged with the Lord in what he's doing, and we slowly move back into status quo. And a lot of it has to do with this big question of, do I have what it takes? Can I really make changes there? Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying the conversation so far. And if you are, please do us a huge favor and be sure to subscribe, click the like button, and then leave us a five-star review. It only takes a few seconds to do this, but it makes a huge difference for us, and it helps us to reach more men who are looking for content just like this. Thanks so much for listening and helping us out. Now back to the show. And so I want to give you three, three reasons why I think that's true. And again, this may not be true for you. Maybe one of these things is true for you, maybe none of them. But I bet there's something here that if you, if you really wrestle with this conversation, if you really start thinking through it, that I think you might see that maybe one of these three in particular is speaking to you today. The first one is voices. And so, you know, I'm speaking to you, you hear my voice either watching on YouTube or you're hearing a podcast or however you're listening to this, you hear my voice. And I'm talking to you about this conversation of every man's big question, do I have what it takes? Many times that voice isn't me saying you, you have what you need in Christ. What you are hearing are voices from your past. These are the conversations that happen to little boys who have somebody in their life, usually somebody of great value and importance to them, who is speaking into their life and, and many times even unknowingly saying things that throw arrows at this kid's heart, arrows that he takes with him later on in life. Maybe you've had a father in particular who didn't speak life into you. Maybe he spoke pain into you. Maybe he spoke words of shame into you. Or maybe he was just a nice passive dude who didn't speak anything to you and that spoke volumes to you. Maybe it was a coach or a friend. Maybe it was somebody who had great influence in your life 
and you were trying so hard to impress them and they make an off the cuff comment to you and you just feel deflated by that. It would be nice if the sticks and stones break my bones, but words will never hurt me. It would be nice if that was true, if that phrase was true, but it's not true, is it? We have these conversations that play back in our minds and they tell us something about ourselves. We get a message from it that causes us to wonder, do I have what it takes? Am I man enough to take on this challenge? Is it worth even trying to fight anymore? And because of that, for so many of us, time creep happens to us. The voices influence us and we end up slowly fading away from pursuit of a, of a great life. We start to settle and turn into average fine dudes. And so one of the three things that happens to many of us is the voices. Another thing that I think that happens that makes us wonder, do I have what it takes, is fear. I, I've told you in different podcasts, you've, you've probably heard me tell my story, but it definitely bears repeating. I was a, a fearful kid of everything. I was afraid of darkness and snakes. I was afraid of sleepovers. I was afraid of everything. I just, it was annoying how afraid I was of everything. And it's pretty crazy how fear uh, still plagues me in different ways today. It's probably not the same kind of fears, but there is a sense of foreboding in me that makes me wonder and ask that question of, am I man enough? Somehow being afraid as a kid can carry over with you later in your life where you really take that same fear you had then and you apply it to whatever situation you're dealing with now. You really do wonder, am I man enough? Like, can I do this thing? And the question that we're asking is, can I take on this fear? Do I have what it takes to overcome this thing? And for many of us, we answer it with a no, I don't. And so I'm going to move to the sidelines. The get in the fight mantra, the whole reason for why we call it get in the fight is for, in a lot of ways, this very conversation today. It's about the fact that voices and fear and the third one that we'll look at here in a second it's all of these different pieces of our life take so many men out of the fight. We find ourselves somewhere along the road asking this question, do I have what it takes, feeling like the answer is no, and then moving off to the sideline. We get out of the fight. We stop fighting for marriages because it's too hard at some point. We feel like this is just the way life's going to go. It's not going to be what I wish it was. And so I'm going to settle and just try not to get hurt any further. Over and over we see this in our lives and men just kind of give up. They get out of the fight. And so get in the fight is really this call. It's a, it's an appeal to men to not give up. It's an appeal to men to fight. Whether you're in your twenties or your thirties or your forties or your fifties or sixties, we don't know how many years we get. So why get out of the fight if you're 65? You don't know if you have 20 more years to go. And so even at that stage of life, if you start to settle and say, you know what, I'm just going to coast from here. That's the wrong approach. And so much of that approach comes from, I think, this deep, unsettled question of, do I have what it takes? You know, the longer you live, thinking of that 65-year-old, you start to have experienced so much hurt and pain that this question really starts to feed in. That fear really comes of saying, I'm afraid of being hurt again. I'm afraid of having to deal with these things because every time I try, it seems like it blows up in my face. Maybe some of you can relate with that. I can certainly relate with 
with that. The voices speak loudly to us. The fear speaks loudly to us. And the third thing is doubt. Doubt speaks to us in a way where we answer that question with a definitive, I doubt it. I mean, this challenge of being able to dig out of this financial hole, I doubt that I have what it takes to maybe work extra jobs or put up with the stress to do it. You know, when you've got a kid who's veering off course and, and they're not living the life that you had prayed about and you've poured so much into them and the devil starts to really pour doubt into that conversation to say, I doubt there's anything you can do. I doubt there's any hope. My friends that are dealing with chronic pain and discomfort, and they've prayed over and over, and we've prayed over and over for relief. And the reality is God may not take away that chronic pain. And so we start to doubt God's love for us. We start to doubt that we have what it takes to get out of that struggle. Voices, fear, and doubt, they're interconnected clearly, and they all really start to grab at us when that question comes up, when we deal with something difficult in life and we have to figure out do I have what it takes? Am I man enough to do this hard thing? Voices, fear, and doubt make us doubt it. So there's really kind of two options from here. Two things that I think that we can do. The first one is we can just try to escape the question and we can put it off to the side. And this is where a lot of men go. We get to the sideline of life. We get out of the fight. We stop trying. We move away from it. We numb it. And either way, we are just trying to escape. And that is an option for you. And I want to read a little bit. I want to go back to this book here, Wild at Heart, as we work our way through this. And John Eldridge, the author, says this. If a man does not find those things for which his heart is made, if he's never even invited to live them from his deep heart, he will look for them in some other way. And I want to just pause here. This is like so critical to this conversation. If a man doesn't find those things for which his heart is made, he will look for them in some other way. And this is what escaping is all about. This is where men go. We escape through so many things. In fact, he's going to talk about that here just a little bit. So back to the book. Why is pornography the number one snare for men? The man longs for the beauty but without his fierce and passionate heart, he cannot find her or win her or keep her. Though he's powerfully drawn to the woman, he doesn't know how to fight for her or even that he is to fight for her. Rather, he finds her mostly a mystery that he knows he cannot solve. And so at a soul level, he keeps his distance. What is he doing? He's escaping. He can't figure out how this thing with women works. He's drawn to her. He's supposed to. Those are natural inclinations of a man for a woman. But when he doesn't know how to solve the puzzle, what does a man begin to do? He keeps his distance. He escapes. Privately, secretly then, going back to the book, he turns to the imitation, not the real thing. What makes pornography so addictive is that more than anything else in a lost man's life, it makes him feel like a man without ever requiring a thing of him. The less a guy feels like a real man in the presence of a real woman, the more vulnerable he is to porn. Man, we know this one, don't we, fellas? Like, we know this struggle. We just don't always connect it to this question. We wonder, do I have what it takes? Am I man enough to be able to attract and win the heart of a woman? And when we start to doubt the question, again, how many of you have thought anything like this when it comes to the issue of pornography? You probably haven't. 
we don't think of it as this heart issue of about wondering if I'm a man. We're just thinking there's a hot woman and I would love to be with her or whatever you're thinking. The question though really is, why am I not pursuing that in real life? Why am I pursuing this imitation, this fake false thing here? And it really has to do with deep down inside. I don't think I have what it takes to get with a woman like that. I don't think she would be interested in me. And so since I can't get it in real life, I'm going to go to pretend life. I'm going to escape reality and try to deal with this question in an illegitimate kind of way. Again, he says, the less a guy feels like a real man in the presence of a real woman, the more vulnerable he is. He goes on to say, every man knows that something has happened. Something's gone wrong. We just don't know what it is. And this is what I agree so much with John. We don't know that the question is even out there for most of us. And that's why I think this episode is so powerful. We have a question that's deep inside our heart that we haven't even addressed. We maybe don't even know that it's the question we're trying to answer. We're just trying to like numb that pain. We're trying to solve that problem without addressing the question head on. And it makes us vulnerable to imitations. John goes on to say in the book, this is every man's deepest fear to be exposed to be found out, to be discovered as an imposter and not really a man. I think he's so right on at this point that when we're dealing with the question of manhood, do I have what it takes? It's so easy to go to the imitation, especially when you're scrolling through your phone and seeing these images. Even if it's not pornography, it's something else. It's some girl who's throwing herself out there who looks so tempting and pleasing to the eye and yet it's an imitation it's not it's not real she's not real to you why are we moving to that why are we letting ourselves stay stuck in this thing and it's because partly at least that we're trying to answer a question about our manhood and we're answering it with a definitive i don't have what it takes i'll never be able to have that and so i am going to take the cheap route out and it's robbing our souls of what God wants to fill with himself and with something that's real, with having a real life woman in your life that you maybe have to fight for, that you maybe have to win over, that you have to protect. And it's in those types of things that you find the real thing. The the real thing that makes you feel like a man is when you have somebody to protect, to love, and to care for who's real. When you try to be a man and you take any other route of escape, you are going to hurt your heart even further. And the question just lingers there. I still don't know if I have what it takes to be a real man. And you know deep down that the imitation is not going to fulfill that. Going back to the book, John says this. You see, even though the desires are there for a battle to fight, an adventure to live, and a beauty to rescue, even though our boyhood dreams once were filled with those things, we don't think we're up to it. Why don't men play the man? Why don't they offer their strength to a world desperately in need of it? For two simple reasons. Number one, we doubt very much that we have any real strength to offer. And number two, we're pretty certain that if we did offer what we have, it wouldn't be enough. Something has gone wrong, and we know it. (laughs) Don't you think, when you hear that, that 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 is so much of the problem that we're facing today as men? I think so much of that is the problem that we're facing. We don't know if we have what it takes, and then we doubt that what I do have is enough to matter at all. And so what do we do? 
we escape and we move away from it. We numb it with sports. We numb it with women. We numb it with alcohol. Now, marijuana and so many other drugs are legal. And so we numb it with those kinds of things. It's just amazing that what we've missed the whole time is this deep lingering question in our hearts. Am I a man? Do I have what it takes? Over and over and over, the voices, the fear, the doubt, the experiences we've had, the the way that we've moved into the imitations of lesser things, they've all contributed to us going, I doubt it. And so we end up settling for status quo. We end up just saying everything's fine, but it's really not. We know it's not. And so I want to look at this now. There's There's two options I mentioned that. Escape is the first one. The second option, though, is to attack it head on. And that's what I want to look at. There, there are four different ways that we can attack this issue head on. The first one is to attack the lies. In John 8, 44, the scriptures say that the devil is a liar. He's the father of lies. It's what is core to his nature. He is a liar, the father of lies. And so when we are getting these temptations for the imitation, for the lesser things, to try to answer that question, am I a man? Well, I, you know, the world is saying, the, the liar is saying that you'll know you're a real man if you can, you know, sleep with as many women as, as you can. You're going to feel like a real man if you can have sex with her in your heart and in your mind because of the things that you're watching. You're going to be a real man if you can win enough at the sports that you're doing or your team does, right? You're, you're going to be a real man if your team never loses. You're going to be a real man if your 401k has over a million dollars, if you have no debt. You're a real man if on and on and on. Your vacations look better, the car that you drive, or the sweet looking truck that you have. You're going to be tempted by the liar that is the devil to convince you that those things are going to solve that deep longing in your heart. And so you have to attack that and attack that lie and understand that it's fool's gold. All of it is a lie, right? Everything that the world screams to us is lying about that. Nothing will satisfy your soul in the area that only God can solve. And so we have to recognize what the lie is and then attack it with truth. You've, I'm sure, heard this many times, but when they're training people in the government to recognize counterfeit money, what do they do? They show them the real thing and they make sure that those officers understand clearly what the real thing looks like so that they can understand and recognize more easily when they see something counterfeit. That's how you attack the lie with the truth. You simply say, I know the truth so well that anything other than that, I'm going to reject. Well, truth is a person. Truth is Jesus Christ. And the more that you know him, the easier it is for you to attack those lies with him, with his truth. And that's critical for us to restoring the heart of this question of, am I man enough? Well, what does Christ say? What is true? And we have to attack it that way. Similarly, we need to run to his strength. Now, we know this, like this makes sense to us. This isn't like groundbreaking conversation that you're having with me today. But the truth of the matter is, we are constantly trying to answer questions about strength in our own strength. And we, we end up short. We end up lacking. And so my very first memory verse was Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And that is such an important conversation, an important verse for you to have deep in your heart 
as a man trying to answer the biggest question of his life, do I have what it takes? The answer is no, you don't. No, I don't. And it's okay. It's totally okay. You don't have to try harder in your own strength to prove that you're a man. You're not a man because you can take on tough tasks. You're a man when you can submit fully to Christ in you and let his strength in you prove those things over and over because that's the truth. That's the reality that we're seeking, that God fills us in his strength in us, takes us where we want to go. So we can attack the lies. We can run to Christ's strength and recognize that in ourselves, we don't have what it takes, but he does. The third thing that you can do that you can do to attack this, this question is to put on the full armor of God. So when you look at Ephesians chapter six, you look at putting on the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the sword, you know, all of these different pieces. Well, when you go out into battle and you actually start to get into the fight, but you're not prepared, you're still going to get killed. You're going to get beaten down and destroyed, even though that ability to protect yourself was there. And so we forget this so often and we try to go through our day again in our strength without any protection on us. And we're getting destroyed and our heart is getting pounded and we don't even know why. So now when this tough challenge comes in your marriage or in your finances, with your children, whatever it is, you're not ready to take it on. You don't have your sword with you. You don't have your helmet to protect your mind and your thinking. Your feet aren't firmly planted like they need to be. And so if you want to attack this issue of the heart, one of the things that you need to do is to put on all of the armor and not just some of it. Okay, so go to Ephesians chapter 6, read verse 10 through 20, and let that truth absorb into your heart and in your life and make sure that you put it on each and every day. The fourth thing that I would say that is so critical is that you join a group of other men like we do in the fight club here in order to have strength in numbers. You know, if you think about what the devil does to us, it's like a wolf pack who separates weakest animal that it's attacking. They don't try to take on the whole herd. What they do is they separate the herd, get the weak ones away from everybody else, and then they swoop in for the kill. It's such a powerful image of exactly what's happening to men where we need so desperately to have one another. You know, when you look at Proverbs 27, 17, it says iron sharpens iron. And we use that verse a lot, but we actually then don't get connected to other men. I'm telling you the fight club and get in the fight is here for that reason. We don't want any Christian man out there to feel alone, separated, lonely, or trying to fight on his own. This is what this is about for us. Using a group of men that can help to fuel your life in such a way that you can fight and win. It's okay to say, I don't have what it takes on my own. None of us do. So just stop worrying about that. Stop trying that. It doesn't work. You've got to fight in Christ's strength and you've got to fight with your brothers, and you have a, a fighting chance. And here's what I want to just, as we close up here in this thought, what's going to happen when you start to do this? When you start to attack those lies, and you start to really attack this conversation, and you say, look, the option is either escape or attack, and I'm going to choose to attack, what's going to happen? Well, number one, when you start to fight back, you're going to be all of a sudden in a fight. Right When you're on the sideline and you're not trying and you are settling, you're not going to have a major fight at your hands most of the time. But when you start fighting for your marriage, when you start fighting for your mindset, when you start getting back in shape 
any of these things. When you start to get back in the fight, you need to expect a fight. When you attack it, all of a sudden you're going to arouse this trouble in your life and you need to be ready for it. There's just no way around that. You're going to have a fight against you to do the things that you're supposed to do all of a sudden. And you're going to go, gosh, why is all of this happening? Where, where is all this stress and drama coming from? I'm just trying to do good things. Why is there trouble coming my way? Because it's going to be hard. And because there is an enemy who's a liar, who hates your guts and does not want to see you disrupting what he's trying to do to destroy you and everybody around you. You just have to know it. One of the things that we pray in our daily prayer at Get in the Fight, 1 Corinthians 16, 13, and 14, one of the things that we pray every day is to be alert and to stand firm in the faith. And, and man, I'm telling you, this is really what this armor of God is about, is putting on those shoes that you can like dig in and be ready to fight because it's coming. And rather, though, than being afraid of that, a lot of us men, again, we, we go back to those childhood voices and fear and doubt. And all of this question comes up, do I have what it takes? I'm nervous of this. What if I start fighting and everything gets hard? It will get hard. That's what's going to happen. But here's the thing. In Christ, you have everything that you need. That's the whole point of today's conversation completely. We are wrestling with this question of, do I have what it takes? And the answer, again, is no. You do not have what it takes. You on your own are going to get slaughtered. You in Christ have everything that you need. I will tell you, like starting this ministry has been just a personal journey through this very conversation because as I start to develop more and more of this, as I speak out on this, as I try to grow myself, I realize that I am setting myself up for trouble <laughs> and it makes me nervous. The voices, the doubt, the fear in my own life, they're very real. And what I have been wrestling through and fighting through in my own mind is this. The fight is going to happen no matter what. So my choice is either to stay weak in a separate from Christ or know that the fight's going to happen and be as strong as possible in Christ. Those are the options, right? I want to shoot for God saying to me, well done good and faithful. And that means I'm not okay with status quo or average or fine. I want well done. And that means there's going to be fights against me. But that is true anyways. So since there's a fight, why wouldn't I arm myself with all of the resources of Christ? Why wouldn't I get my mind right? Why wouldn't I change my health, which is the temple of God who lives in me? Why wouldn't I make that stronger? Why wouldn't I sit with other men and fight with them and fight for them and have them fighting for me. Why wouldn't I do those things? Because there is a fight. This is the biggest thing I think <laughs> that we have to understand. There is a fight. Just so many of us as men have been out of it. We just haven't been paying attention. We have settled for imitations. We have completely gotten out of the fight. And this is an appeal to you to get back into the fight, to attack it head on. You have two options. You can try to escape it, or you can try to attack it, but not in your strength. You don't have what it takes. But in Christ, that big question that we're wrestling with, do I have what it takes? The answer is no in myself. But the answer is a definitive yes in him who gives me strength. So that's the appeal for you today is that you will stop relying on yourself and instead pray this simple prayer. God, I can't, but you can. 
This is the prayer for today. God, I can't take on this challenge. God, I can't deal with this health issue that just is not going away and it's crushing me, but you can help me. God, my children are off course. I don't know what is going to happen. I don't like the decisions they're making. God, I can't change them, but you can. God, in my marriage, in my finances, in pursuit of this next phase of my life, God, what do you want me to do? I can't figure out the answer, but you can, right? Over and over and over, I want you to simply say, God, I can't, whatever that is, and give it to him. And then just acknowledge that in him, you have what it takes. So you say, God, I can't, but you can. And I trust in you. That's what, that's what this whole journey with Christ is about. This isn't about us. This is about him. This is how he gets glory from our lives when we start praying that way and attacking this question of, do I have what it takes? Am I man enough? I am in Christ alone. So get in the fight today. Join the fight club. Get with other men who are fighting in the same way for a better life. Join us. If you are feeling alone, you don't have to be. So get in the fight. Join the fight club and have a great day. Hey guys, thanks so much for being here today and listening to the show. Please be sure to head over to the website at getinthefight.club. And before you go, if you haven't already, please subscribe, click the like button, and leave us a positive five-star review. It makes a huge difference whenever you do. Have a great day. Go get in the fight.